0: Hi, and welcome to episode two of Educators Let's Get Real. I'm Jen. And I'm Danielle. And today we want to talk to you about Enneagrams, what they are, what they mean, and why you should listen to them.
1: Yeah, so the Enneagram was kind of my first real understanding of myself and my first real, I don't know, uh, experience of getting to know myself. So I heard about it on a podcast Um, one of the podcasts I was listening to mentioned a book. And I was like, okay, I kind of like social science. I like to understand how people's brains work. I'll listen to this and see kind of what it's all about. And then I got hooked. And I was like, I've got to learn more about this. So I learned and started this um, just out of interest for myself, basically. And we're going to go kind of go over it today. I'm going to talk a little bit about what the Enneagram is, how it kind of came to be, and why we think um, this is a valuable tool for us as educators to kind of get to know ourselves. And who you are. And who we are.
0: I also heard about it off a podcast, did it, and then when I talked to you about it, you're like, really, that's your number? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. But then
1: we had a conversation about why that number actually suits you. And as you and I sat down and talked about it, it makes sense um, and the Enneagram is basically a way of you how you see the world personally. Um, and basically this goes back to um, really old times and ancient philosophers who believe there are ba- nine basic personality types. Um, and the purpose of the Enneagram is not to put you into a box, but to help you understand that the box you're already in um, so that you can see how you interpret the world and then thereby understanding how other people see the world as well. And so the Enneagram has nine basic personality types. And each nine, each number on the Enneagram also has a wing number, which we're not going to get into. There are so many resources out there. There are great podcasts and books and and so many things that you can do um, to learn about the Enneagram more in depth if that's what you're interested in. Um, what we want to talk about is kind of give you a really basic overview and then kind of our interpretation and, and what our numbers are and, and how that impacts us um, as teachers and, a, and as uh, a teacher and an administrator, as a teacher mm-hmm. with students, as, uh, you know, a parent a parent, and a spouse and, you know, all those other roles in your life, um, because it really is a telltale sign of kind of how you do what you do. So the nine basic Types are divided into tri- uh, triads. Um, and the first three are the anger and gut triad. And this is where I fall. I fall into this triad. Um, so I'm going to start with eight, which seems weird as a teacher. We should start with one, but they all go together. So it's important that we kind of keep them together. Eights, nines, and ones basically are motivated by anger or fear. They're in the gut triad. Um, they feel everything or they, they intrinsically kind of have that gut feeling about things. Um, So the eights are the challenger. They're motivated by this strong need um, to come across as being very strong, which is the number I thought you were when we started, (laughs) uh, when I first read about this. And then you told me your number and I was like, ah, I don't know. It's one of my wings though. (laughs) Um, And so the eights, the eights fear is, is being weak. And, and that is what is really hard for the eight. The nine is the peacemaker, um, and they are motivated by keeping the peace. So at all costs, no matter what, they need conflict. Nobody really likes conflict. I would say the eight on, on the Enneagram likes conflict the most, um, but the nines avoid it like the plague. It makes them feel very, very uncomfortable, very vulnerable to be in a place of confrontation. Um, And so a lot of nines will lose who they are in this process of, um, you know, he in the book I read, he gave an example that like if I ask my wife where she wants to go to dinner and then she, she chooses. But on the way there, I'm like, oh, could we go here instead? A nine will do that because they don't want to they don't want to make you feel bad. Um, and then the ones are the perfectionists. This is me. This is my Enneagram number. I'm a one with a really strong nine wing. Um, the ones are motivated by perfection. Everything has to be done exactly right. We get paralyzed by, you know, things that aren't done perfectly. Um, and we have to avoid the fault or the blame at all costs because that is very weird and uncomfortable for us. Um, and then we get into the feeling in the heart triad and this is where you fall Yay! Um, the twos are the helper. They are motivated by a need to feel loved and acknowledged and they love to help. That is what their name is. They will go out of their way um, to help other people, even if other people don't want or need their help. What? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um <laughs> The threes are the performers. These are really high-achieving people. Um, They are motivated by a a need to need to be or appear to be highly successful. Um, And so these are your classic um, kind of what I would consider overachievers in the world who just have to be the best all the time. The fours are the romantics. Um, They have really big emotions. Um, and they are motivated by the need to be understood. They have very oversized feelings. Um, and they have to avoid um, they have to avoid feeling ordinary. So these are the people who want to be kind of larger than life. Don't put me in a box because I don't want to be in the box. Um, the last triad is the fear or head triad they're they're motivated by fear um, but they they're thinkers so they internally take care of a lot of things. Um, the fives are the investigators um, they're motivated by gaining knowledge and conserving energy um, and so fives are very internal people they are very um, introverted. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, They're very introverted. Um, They don't get energy from other people. It's actually very draining for fives to be around other people. Um, (laughs) The six are the loyalists. Um, They are motivated by fear and the need for security. So sixes are really hard to get on your side. They're very fearful of other people, but once they're on your side, they are all in no matter what. and then the sevens, These are. this is the number I wish I could be if I got to choose my Enneagram number. <laughs> can't choose. Uh, you can't choose. The sevens are the life of the party. They are the enthusiasts. They are the people who are always out having a good time. Um, they are motivated by a need to be happy. And they have to keep really motivating experiences, really stimulating experiences, because they are avoiding the pain and the conflict they feel on the inside. Um, and most of us fall into one of those categories very naturally. And if you don't know if one of them doesn't really sound like you, there's. We'll link in the description um, some free quizzes that are out there that you can take. Just know that the quiz isn't perfect. I take the quiz regularly and I get random numbers a lot, um, but it is a really good indicator of of who you are and why you act and do things the way you do. I would agree.
0: I would say um, when I did mine and I came out a two, a helper, someone that wants to help even when they don't want help. (laughs) Um, At first, I was kind of shocked because I thought, like you did, I'm, I'm more of a leader. I'm a perfectionist. I want to overachieve. And then I found out about my wings and read it, but it really helped me because I do always want to help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to help my teachers. I want to help my kids. I want to help everyone. And my kids will tell you I try to help them too much and they don't want me to help them, <laughs> but I really want to. But then that helped me understand that with me wanting to help people and them not wanting
1: it, I I can get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's like a personal attack. Yes. You feel it as a personal attack where somebody not accepting your help. You're just like, oh, they don't need my help. That's how I think about it as a one. As a two, that is very devastating to you. That's mm-hmm. a very personal attack. Yes. Um and for me as a one, when people are like, oh, just it's fine. Just go, just leave it. It's it's good enough. I'm not a good enough person. I'm just like, let's do it the way it's supposed to be done. Let's do it perfectly. Let's and so that's always a hard thing, right, in a parent-child relationship, knowing, you know, your spouse's number, knowing your kid's numbers, and kids are a little bit harder to type. Um, And these are, the Enneagram, some people ask, like, can the Enneagram, can you change your number? And the answer is no, we're all built, born with a certain, you know, you can use other numbers as strengths. I see things as the helper that you're like, oh, I could probably be more like that. Or, sometimes I can be the life of the party, but that's just not who I am, right? So, Well, I would say, though, that you can, build, you can strengthen pieces
0: that you're right. weak in. I would say I'm always probably going to be a helper. I have this desire to help. I know I want to help. I grew up in a family where my parents were principals, and so they were busy. I have five sisters. So I helped. I got attention when I helped. I felt important. I felt needed. Right. And I got a lot of compliments when I helped. So that's just built into me. So I want to help. But what I had to learn was if someone doesn't want my help, I can't get offended. It's It's
1: not, not a personal attack.
0: Yeah. It's not that they don't like me. It's not like they don't want me to. They just don't need it.
1: Yeah. And one of the things when I read about the one that hit me hard was ones, they said, imagine your worst inner critic, the worst critic who's always pointing out the flaws, who's always saying all the bad things. And now imagine that person's in your head saying those things about you. And that's what a one feels. And so I will overanalyze what I think everybody else is thinking Mm -hmm. or feeling or saying about me, even though that may or may not be what people are actually feeling or seeing or saying about me. So I have to know and understand that, number one, I'm not that important that people aren't thinking about me that much. (laughs) And number two, that some things are just okay being okay and not being perfect or not being great. Um, So for one, that quote that
0: says, um, you're the person that hears yourself the most. Yes. So if you are constantly talking yourself down or saying how people don't like you, you're almost, and take this with a grain of salt, you're almost mentally abusing yourself. Oh, certainly. So you are your own worst critic, but you are also the voice that you hear the
1: most, and you are the person that you have to know the most. Right. And And I think I will always find the flaws. And I'll always find the flaws perfect. By nature, what I see when I see things is I see the flaw in everything, which is really a hard thing to live with. And it takes me a lot of really conscious effort to live with that and to be okay with seeing the flaws and knowing that that I don't have to go fix the flaws because that's really hard for us. So how do you do that as a teacher? like? Because as a teacher, you're going to see lots of flaws. Oh, yeah. And and it's easy to get consumed by those things. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get consumed with, oh, this didn't go perfectly or this didn't happen or this didn't happen or this should have been done this way. And I think a lot of it is self-reflection and, and knowing myself personally is like, okay – is it good enough? This is the question that I ask myself a lot is, okay, is it like this huge thing that I will not be able to sleep tonight and I will not be able to, or is it something that I can just let roll and keep moving on? But it's knowing myself. um, My husband is an eight, which makes our relationship really interesting. So he's the challenger. He loves the conflict. I'm a one with a really strong nine wing, so I'm a very good peacemaker. But it's really hard in that relationship. So this is important in a personal relationship, but this is also important in in, in a school setting as well, right? So knowing and understanding where other people are seeing it, you and I, even as an administrator and, and as a teacher, can experience the exact same things. Absolutely. We all have different lenses. And we perceive it very differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm perceiving the imperfections in all of it. And you're like, well, I could have helped here. Or if I would have <laughs> done this, like then everything would have been a little bit easier. So as a teacher, like those are really hard. I think what it's helped me do, what the Enneagram has helped me do as a teacher is see myself see my team and see my students in a very different light, because I can now start to see through their perspective. That's what the Enneagram has done for me, is now I can see things through your perspective. And I can start to say, oh, she's coming from it this way, where I'm coming from it from a very different way. And when I think about students, we we have those students who are are those hard ones Mm -hmm. who we, for whatever reason, can't seem to get to, or can't make a connection with, or can't, whatever we try doesn't work. But when we can start to see through what their Enneagram lens might be, and I'm not advocating, go make your students take the Enneagram test and put them in a box and tell them what they are. But what I am saying is we can see tendencies in kids. um, And that helps me understand where they're coming from. Um and understanding that my perfection tendencies are not the same tendencies as everybody else's.
0: Well, and I've noticed as an administrator, it can help me with that. Okay, I'm getting offended. Why? Why did I just get offended, Jen? Why? Stop. Think. Breathe. Was it really because of this, or is it because of that need that you want to help, or that you are you want to be above? Which is my kind of conflict in some ways because. <laughs> as an administrator, I love my teachers. I love my school. I'm not going to lie. I want my school to be the best. I want my teachers to be the best. I want my students to be the best. And I want to help you guys. But then I'm like, ooh, do I want to help the other administrators make their school as good as our school? Especially when you have all these testing scores and everything come out and it's like, who's the best? And Where's your rating? You're like, oh, do I want to share? Do I not want to share? I really want to help you. But ooh, I don't know if I want to help you. And so that was an interesting thing for me, like with other administrators and other schools. But then it made me think, gosh, if I feel that way, do my teachers feel that way? And I think that's sometimes maybe why we get that closed door policy of I don't want to share with you. Right. I do, but I don't because I need, I want to be above you or and I, I think need to be
1: above you. I think that's your two talking because mm-hmm. I don't feel that. Um, I don't feel that need to set myself apart, to be better than you, to, I have the desire, you know, we have a philosophy here at school that we're only as good as our weakest teacher. I know. And I'm the one who came up with it, which is so weird to but, me. But I, but I think that is... But I want to help this all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just have to decide if I want to help others. And I do. So it's a conflict.
1: It's an right. inner conflict. Um. So I think that would be your three coming through of like, I've got to be better than you and it's this mentality of, does my win mean you lose? Definitely. And if I also help you win, does that mean I lose? And that's a whole nother level of of understanding ourselves and understanding how this might tie into education in general. And for me, it, it really
0: did. Because when I saw it from that perspective, then I started thinking it from the leadership perspective, where I go a little further than what teachers do. So when I see if anyone does PLC or data teams, those can become really hard mm-hmm. for different teams. And I have other teams that thrive in them and they're amazing. But all around the country, they can be hard. And so that's where we kind of were talking. I was like, well, gosh, if maybe I don't want to share. Maybe those teachers have that same fear. Like they right. want to help, but they don't want to help. And so, or how we can get so offended in those meetings. And then someone's like, why they get offended? I don't see why they got offended. But you're like deeply hurt. right? So I think... That's where our conversation came is you have to know yourself because I've had to stop myself, but it took me deeper. So I did the Enneagrams, but then I really started studying also my ego Mm -hmm. because it plays a a big role and not saying like egos are bad. Egos are not bad, but you have to understand your ego with your personality type to know what triggers
1: you and what doesn't. Yeah. To be and And I should clarify, no Enneagram number is a bad number. I no. joke that I want to be a seven and I don't always love my one tendencies. Um, but I think it's important that we know where we naturally fall. If I'm taking the test and I want to that day, I feel great. I might come out a seven (laughs) on a good day, but that's not really where my natural tendencies try to fall. Do you want to know what that reminds me
0: of, Miss Danielle? Tell me.
1: We have houses here at our school, and I
0: will put you guys in houses, and the teachers try to change their houses (laughs) because they want to be in something else. So it kind of reminds me of that. It's, It's okay, but you're right. I read mine. I was like, oh, and then I read what an unhealthy two is like, and I was like, so I need to watch myself and I can't feel bad about that. I just know that it helped me know if I was coming to an unhealthy
1: place that I needed to back it up. And there are definitely scales and I think that is something that is important. I literally touched the surface on what an Enneagram is. There is so much more to this than the very general overview um, that I just gave to you. Um, And we'll link a few things that you can go check out um, if you're interested in learning more and some of the things that we've done to kind of learn ourselves a little bit better.
0: And through learning ourselves and what we wanted, we were able to set some goals. So today we really introduced you to Enneagrams, what they are and why we think they're important. Like Danielle said, we'll link some if you guys want to go find out and dig a little deeper for yourselves. Um, our next episode, we are going to be talking about, once you get to know yourself, how to set those goals. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you leave a review. It really helps us reach more people. And to leave any comments. As we are growing, we definitely want and will read all your comments so that we can become better, so that we can help our educators and make education a healthy profession again. Once again, coming to you as real educators, fake podcasters. <laughs> we hope you have a great day.